0: hello there boxing fans around the world thank you for joining me once again here on talk and fight for another episode of boxing news headlines where we scoot around the world and have a look at what's happening inside the sport of boxing not only inside the ring but outside the ring because there's as much chit chat going on outside the ring as there is inside the ring and we like to cover all the bases Let's start off with uh, Adrian Broner, <laughs> the ongoing saga of Adrian Broner. He's an aging fighter, uh, without a doubt, uh, former four uh, for weight division champ. But uh, but he's on his uh, he's aging, okay. And he was scheduled to fight Michael Williams Jr. But now that fight's in jeopardy because it's scheduled for just a couple of weeks, February 25th, as uh, Williams Jr. has broken his jaw. And it doesn't look like he's going to be able to fight uh on that night against adrian broner now this happens to be the third fighter who happened to have been set up to fight against broner if you might recall the initial fight was supposed to take place against ivan Redchak, but he couldn't take the fight I and mean, he was replaced by hank lundy and that lasted about a week before it was dropped as well so now uh with michael williams jr dropping out broners in uh, of trouble here because we don't really know who he's gonna fight who he could possibly fight who he should fight you know um it's up in the air and it's not good for blk prime by the way uh they're new to the game and this sort of thing they're not really used to to facing this sort of adversity um if you read the stories that are out there uh, in theory, Broner's management could easily find a contender from the 135, 140, or 147-pound division to step in and face Broner on February 25th. But the problem with that idea is Broner would likely lose to any legitimate top 15 contenders from 135 to 147, as he's pretty well shot at this stage of his career and arguably not getting, uh, not capable of beating top 15 competition, according to uh, Jim Kalfa over at uh, boxing news 24. uh so let's move along leaving broner aside here uh, to one of my favorite writers on boxing news 24 charles Brun. he has some comments with respect to the upcoming lee wood Mauricio lara fight it's uh, it's going to be a dandy for sure and uh, i'm pretty sure the fans out in nottingham will be up full force cheering on lee wood who may have bitten off a bit more than he can possibly chew let's see what eddie erin has to say Eddie Hearn wants Lee Wood to avoid trading with the knockout artist Mauricio Lara because he feels that put him in danger of getting flattened like Josh Warrington. Hearn wanted Wood to fight the old-timer Kiko Martinez because he felt he was an easy option for him to recover from the Nottingham natives' brutal war with Michael Conlon last March. As a... uh, Author states, goodness knows you couldn't blame Wood one bit if he took a lifetime break after shots uh, after, after shots pounding he took from Colin in that fight. Instead of listening to Hearn's advice, like a good one, Wood has chosen to go on top food chain, handpicking Laura out of his mistaken belief that he sees him as identical to the 36-year-old Kiko Martinez in talent. For the record, Kiko is coming off a knockout loss to Josh Warrington and has been beaten in two of his last four fights. One can only imagine what Wood will say on Saturday night after he's peeled off the canvas. <laughs> Woo! WBA featherweight champ Wood—he's now 26 and two, by the way, 60 knockouts—and his analytical trainer Ben Davidson have been seen have seen something in Lara, 25 and two and one, 18 knockouts, that they're convinced they can exploit, which is why they were so insistent in picking the 24-year-old Mexican warrior out of all the other contenders in the 126-pound division. Wood is drunk on the success from his last against Conlon and still uh, high from the positive replay that keeps getting floating around his head, making him think he can rally against Lara as he did against Michael. Unfortunately for Wood, there's a massive difference in power between the feather-fisted Conlon and the devastating brute strength of Lara. Those shots that Conlon was hurting Wood with all night long will turn into knockout blows from Lara on Saturday. Holy crap. Uh, let's have a quick quote here from Eddie Hearn. We've been in here with some unbelievable fights. Obviously, Folk against Butte, Colin against Wood, and this one will be right up there, said Hearn. Uh, it's a very dangerous fight for Lee Wood, but one that we're excited about. It's going to be very dangerous when you're fighting a guy, Lara, that has dynamite in both hands and also has a great work rate. He's very tough and relentless as well. Lee Wood also punches very hard, and he can take Lee Wood out to the head or to the body in this fight. He doesn't want to trade with him. He wants to box smart. And that's very difficult to do against a guy's relentless as Mauricio Lara. Uh the writer concludes Wood isn't much of a boxer, so it's going to be hard for him to follow the advice of, of Wood. I'm sorry, Fern. Oh my god, this guy cracks me up. The closest thing Wood has to uh, has to come to going through the motions of boxing is when he used an illegal straight arm against Kanju all night at Matchroom headquarters in Brentwood Essex in July 2021. Wow, we've got a wood hater here. For those who uh, don't know what a straight arm is, it's when a fighter extends their lead arm far out in front of them and uses that as a stick to keep your opponent from getting close enough to throw punches. When used repeatedly, a straight arm is very effective, but so, so illegal. The referees are supposed to warn, penalize, and disqualify if a fighter uses a straight arm, but in Wood's case, he got away with the entire fight against you. Will Wood resort to using the straight arm against Lara on Saturday? I wouldn't be surprised. Again, if Hearn wants Wood to box, the only thing we'll see resembling boxing is likely a straight arm from him. It'll be fun to see if the referee does his job by penalizing Wood or if he'll let him get away with his tactic. Don't put that pressure on me, said Hearn, when asked if he can guarantee this the city ground in Nottingham for Wood versus Josh Warrington. If if Lee comes out victorious on Saturday night against Sarah, we'll see, said Hearn. A lot depends on the date and the cost as well. We can do that fight at city ground or Ellen Road. It doesn't really feel right with Lee as a champion, wherever we can make the most money. Certainly for Lee Wood, he would love to do it at city ground. Uh, For all of us fans around the world, that fits into the would-be-doo category. All right, let's move along then. Uh, the undercard of that fight, by the way, features uh, Dalton Smith. He's going to make a second defense of uh, the British super lightweight title against Billy Allington. Um, we're going to see um, I- Irish uh, lightweight hope Gary Cully, 15-0, by the way, nine knockouts, uh, who also recently extended his promotional deal with matching boxing. He's going to return to the scene of his impressive victory, stoppage Triumph over former world champion Miguel Varquez in March of last year to take on USA's Wilfredo Flores, who's 10-0-1, by the way, and that's for the vacant WBA Intercontinental title. Um, Gravesend cruiserweight Chevron Clark, 4-0, four knockouts, has ended all four of his fights inside the distance since turning pro last February, including a brutal second-round stoppage win over Jose Gregorio, Ulrich L- 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 last time out, caused by a perfectly timed uppercut, and the former Team GB Olympian steps up uh, an Eliminator uh, for the English Cruiserweight title against Scrunthorpe's Deck Spellman. Uh, we're also going to see uh, Gamal Lafay returning. to Sorry, I must be talking about upcoming fights here. Sidetrack, sidetrack. Sorry about that, sports fans. All right. Tyson Fury's co-promoter, Bob Arum, says it's possible that Fury could face Anthony and Joshua later this year if both of them win their next fights in April. Now, as we know, we've talked about this before. WBC heavyweight champ Fury, 33-0-1, 24 knockouts, would need to defeat IBF, WBA, and WBO champ Alexander Usyk on April 29th in Saudi Arabia if that fight can happen, whereas Joshua, 24-3, 22 knockouts, will need to get past Jermaine Franklin on April 1st. Despite Fury saying this week that Joshua is dead, as far as he's concerned, Aram sees AJ as a very real possibility for him and says he'd like to make that fight happen if Joshua's team doesn't mess around like they did last November when they attempted to put a fight together. It would be crazy for the 34-year-old Fury to turn his back on a fight against Joshua out of a petty grudge over failed negotiations last time around. There's too much money that can be made between the two for fury, childishly hold a grudge and refuse to revisit talks with Joshua. Now, we've previously explained uh, the difficulties that uh, Yusik has with respect to taking the fight out of Saudi Arabia and now over to Wembley. So anyway, let's see what promoter uh, Eddie Hearn out of Matchroom says about all this. Promoter Eddie Hearn Again, courtesy my friends over at Boxing News 24, says a fellow by the name of Brian Weber. Promoter Eddie Hearn says, Anti Joshua will step in and fight Tyson Fury in the summer if his undisputed clash with Alexander Usyk fails to happen on April 29th. Hearn says Fury will make much more money fighting Joshua in a mega bout than he will facing IBF WBAW champion Usyk. Uh, like many, Hearn has his doubts um, that the Fury Yusick fight will take place because Fury's asking for a ton of money and the Saudis don't want to pay his asking price, apparently. Uh, at, oh, yeah, apparently all of a sudden the Saudis don't have money. At the same time, Fury feels he's a much bigger name than Yusik, and he doesn't view him as a worthy 50 50 split. As a result, with the money being far less, if the fight is staged in the UK, it's not going to be a great deal for Usyk because he's already made his deal with the Saudis and he knows what he can make if the fight is staged there. The problem is fury. He wants more than the Saudis are willing to pay. So unless he comes down to earth in his asking price, he'll not only make less money fighting in the UK, but he'll likely wind up with no Usyk fight. Talk about shooting yourself in the foot. Fury is his own worst enemy at this point in his career. He sees himself as a huge star and he's wrecking negotiations for all his biggest potential fights. Greed is hurting Fury's chances to make legacy-building fights. So Eddie Hearn said, he, Dyson Fury, has been very quiet. Don't forget, he said Auntie Joshua had 24, 48 hours to sign. And the reason Fury couldn't fight AJ on December 17 was he's fighting Yusick in February. So it had to be December 3rd. I don't know what's going to happen with this Usyk thing. He may fight Fury next. We're open to that fight. If Usyk doesn't fight Fury, AJ will fight Fury next in the summer. If he gets through Franklin. How about that? Stick that in your pipe and smoke it, said Hearn. He will. I have no idea if Fury Usyk is going to happen. I can give you my opinion. I'm telling you that fight, if that fight doesn't happen, we'll take the Fury fight. I'm telling you, he... Anthony Joshua will take that fight. He'll take the Wilder fight. He'll take them all. That's something I've been thinking about recently. It might get a little tinkle to George Warren, but we'll see. Don't be surprised to see that fight in the summer if the other one doesn't happen. That's much bigger than the Usyk fight. Much, much bigger. My opinion, said Hearn, is this. Tyson Fury has asked for a fortune for the fight. Okay. Um, and rightfully so. The Middle East has said, no, we're not paying that. If he's asked for that much money, there's no way you can do the fight at Wembley without taking a quarter of what you think you'd get in the Middle East. I don't know how much Fury fancies the fight. He's a great fighter, one of the best pound-for-pound fighters. He can make more money fighting AJ Nagano. The other problem is, in his opinion, he has much more value in the fight than Alexander Usyk. When you talk about belts, when you talk about undisputed fights, it's a 50-50 split. But if I'm Tyson Fury, predicting what he's going to say, he ain't getting the same as me. I'm Tyson Fury. I'm a mega. He ain't a mega. Without me, who is Alexander Usyk going to fight? And that is a very valid point because without Tyson Fury, Alexander Usyk is a, is in a really is in a really position. <laughs> okay uh i know what i paid alexander Usyk for the second fight and it was huge compared to the first fight if Yusick doesn't fight tyson fury he'll have to make voluntary defense close to probably a tenth of what he would make in the tyson fury fight tyson fury is a good manipulator and he'll be looking at this middleweight you really need me Yusik, as uh, a man of principle he's not going to be bullied at the negotiation table he's not going to be taken advantage of he's not going to be ni- manipulated he would walk away out of honor and out of principle and that is the truth of what I see happening right now. I can't see how the fight takes place in England unless both are prepared to take much uh, more than they hope they would get for this fight. And maybe they do. It uh, could still be the biggest fight for Fury outside of AJ and Ngunnao. But like I'm saying, if that fight doesn't happen, we'll jump in and AJ will fight Fury. He'll make much more money than what he'd be getting fighting Usyk. And he might think it's an easier fight. Whew, well, on it goes. Now, speaking of another guy who's uh, facing a bit of a quandary, uh, Gervonta Tank Davis, as you may have heard, uh, pled guilty earlier uh, this week to four counts resulting from his hit-and-run car crash three years ago back in 2020. And Bernard Hopkins, out of Golden Boy Promotion, insists that Gervonta Tank Davis uh, will take on Ryan Garcia uh, on April 15th. Quite frankly, it's unknown how much jail time Tank is going to get in sentencing, if any, but it's got to worry him and it'll potentially hurt his career if he's given a year. That's a long time and Tank would need a couple of tune-ups after that to try and regain what he's lost. Now, keeping in mind over history, we've had many, many great fighters come out of prison, well-tuned up and gone to be quite victorious and uh, earn a lot of titles. Putting that aside for a second... Luckily for fans, Ryan Garcia, PCP and Golden Boy Gervonta's sentencing won't take place until May 5th, which means the massive money Tank-Garcia fight can still go ahead for April 15th. It may worry Tank, having potential jail time time hanging over his head while he prepares for his fight with Ryan, but even if he's not able to fully compartmentalize this, he should be able to train well enough to do the job against the inexperienced 24-year-old Ryan in April. If this were Shakur Stevenson or Frank Martin that Tank Davis was preparing to fight, having a sentencing looming over him could throw him off enough for him to lose, but probably not against Golden Boy promoted Ryan Garcia because he's green as they come due to the soft matchmaking he's had during his seven-year professional career. Zinger. All right, let's move along then to Shakir Stevenson. Uh, Bob Arum has this to say about Stevenson. He would like to see... Uh, the winner of Devin Haney and the Vasil uh, Lomachenko fight uh, take on Shakur Stevenson. Okay, Stevenson, 19-0, needs to uh, successfully defeat um, Shui Shiro Yashino, who's 16-0, in their fight uh, scheduled uh, for Newark. Okay, And if Shakur wins that fight, he wants to face uh, Haney or Lomachenko, uh, either of those who wins. However, Aram says, um, Haney may choose to vacate his four lightweight titles if he successfully beats Loma on May 20th. And if Haney vacates to go up to 140, Aram says Lomachenko and Shakur will fight for one of the vacated 135-pound belts. It would look bad on Haney's part if he vacates without fighting the Stevenson-Lomachenko winner, but he's outgrown the division and needs to move up to 140. And this is all courtesy of Sean Jones, another writer at Boxing News 24. And you can argue the only reason Hayden is staying at 135 for the Lomachenko fight is that he's so much bigger than him and a lot younger. So Bob Arum, the Japanese boy is a tremendous puncher. He's undefeated. And the guy that we work with in Japan thinks he's extraordinarily talented. You know what we think about shakur and that he's on the pound for pound list as one of the greatest fighters today so if shakur beats the japanese and it's going to be a tough fight then the plan would be to match Shakur against the winner of the haney lomachenko fight that's another massive fight he says yeah the plan is to have him fight the haney loma winner aram said against steven about stevenson if haney wins he's talking about going to 140 so that makes a vacant title for shakur but if loma wins that's a fight between Loma and Shakur that I would pay all kinds of money to watch. That's really an unbelievable fight. Two really great students and artists of the game, boxing, said Aram about Lomachenko and Stevenson. The date is May 20th. The question is where we put it, and hopefully we'll decide that by the end of the week and have an announcement next week. Aram said of the Haney Lomachenko fight. That fight is on, it's going to happen. The question is the venue. Win or lose, Haney's a terrific fighter. And we can continue to give him maximum exposure on the ESPN platform. All right, Boxed fans, that's it for today. Thank you very much for joining me. Remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and feel free to, to beer me. Um, join me later on at 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. as I join uh, Mike Orr and Cedric Band, first of all, at 4 uh, for their show Knuckle Up, and then at 7 p.m. along with Tim Witherspoon for the Friday Night Panel. Thank you very much. Talk to you later.